I want to speak to you today on a subject that is essential to all of us. I've been talking about the essentials, and today I want to speak to you on waiting, waiting on the Lord specifically. How many have ever had to wait for something? All of us here have had to wait for something. Uh, let me ask you right now, who here likes to wait for, for something? Anybody here like to wait? One person honestly raised their hand. Okay, that's rare when you wait, when you like to wait. Most of us have no patience. In fact, this is the way the typical American prayer goes. Lord, I pray for this right now to come to pass and give it to me today. That's the typical American prayer right there. Because we all want our prayer answered right now. But all of us understand that God doesn't work that way. God has a different timetable than what we think and how we imagine things would work out for our life. You know, the Bible tells us that patience is a virtue. Have you seen that scripture before? But patience is not a virtue in our society. People don't like to wait. And if you don't believe me, just, just get in line. You get in Highway 29 traffic any day of the week. You'll have people cutting in in front of you because they don't like to wait. At, at the gas station at Costco, you're waiting in line. At Walmart, you're going to be waiting in line. When we leave here today, you're going to be waiting to allow somebody to let you onto the traffic. This day and your life is filled with waiting and waiting and waiting. We live in a, in a world where all of us have microwaves in our house. All of us here have a microwave. We throw something in there, punch some numbers, and in 30 seconds, a minute, your food or drink is heated up to whatever you wanted to eat that day. We can Google it. We can say, hey, Siri, we can go to Alexa. We can do all these things, go to Twitter to get instant, instant news and information. That's the world we live in. Because none of us like to wait. Few of us like to wait, and I'll tell you why. Because it reminds each of us that you and I are not in control. When you have to wait for something, that means you are not in control of it. And what I want to focus on today is that as you wait for things, God is in control, not you and I. Because how many know that if we go in there to change things up, to do things, we just can make a mess of things if we don't wait for God's hand in our life. You know, God has a purpose in having us wait. And I want to take a look at the scripture in Isaiah, and you have it on your handout. If you don't have a handout, raise your hand. One will be given to you. But the scripture which is on your handout today, and it'll be on the screen, is found in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 40 and verse 31. Probably the most well-known scripture on waiting on the Lord. Let me read it to you. It says this, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. There's so much truth right there in that scripture alone. Let, him, let me pray right here and let me stop. Father God, we just invite your presence right now to give us hearing, to understand your word, that we can apply it into our daily lives, that you would teach us how to wait on you, Father. And we ask you that today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Have you ever, anybody here, ever been praying 
for a situation, a breakthrough where you're waiting on God? Maybe some of you today, right now as we speak, are waiting on a breakthrough. You're waiting on God to answer that prayer. But the, the struggle is real when it comes to waiting because none of us like to wait. When we were kids, all of you here who grew up in a home where there were presents under a tree for Christmas Day or in our family, our tradition was Christmas Eve, we would open because we couldn't wait till the 25th. We had to open them up on the 24th. But how many remember that growing up and you couldn't wait to open up that Christmas present? Right? You couldn't wait. And, and it's a lifelong struggle. I don't care how old you are, 90 years old or 19 years old, you're still struggling to wait for things in life. You know, sometimes we can, we can look at others and see their, their prayers answered, and here we're still waiting. And in your mind, you may be thinking, but that person doesn't deserve to have their prayers answered. Come on, be honest. Some of you have thought that before. All of you have at some point. But God has a timetable, amen? God has a certain timetable for each of us. And one of the most difficult things to do in life is wait, especially when you see those around you receiving answers to prayer and you're still there waiting and waiting. It could be weeks, months, years, and you're waiting and waiting for God to answer. You, you may wonder if God will ever answer because, again, we're that microwave generation. We want answers today. We don't... We don't want to wait, and we want answers now. And waiting creates something in you as you wait. Amen? You know, God hears those prayers, and he's working out the answers in your life, but it comes in his time, in his time frame. As you look back at your life and you realize the answers to prayer in your life, you can understand why God chose to wait why God chose to do certain things in your life, and why they weren't answered immediately. Because as I was telling Anna this yesterday about certain things in our life, the simple answer is at that moment, at that time when you prayed that answer or prayed that request, you couldn't handle the truth, right? As that one line from, from a good movie says, you can't handle the truth. You couldn't handle the answer at that moment. God wants you to grow up and mature and then he'll give you the answer in your life at that moment. Waiting on God is not only difficult sometimes, it can almost seem impossible. How many know what I'm talking about? It can be seemingly impossible to wait another month, another year for the answer to what you've been asking him. Again, we want things to happen according to our time, our schedule, our plans. But God does not operate on your schedule, no matter how hard you pray. He operates on his time. Amen? And, and so one of the things that I want to, to tell you today is that one, one thing is certain. Before God moves, we will wait in life. Before God moves in your life, we will have to wait. And waiting for answers is a fact of life. No one gets out of it. No one gets out of it. There's a Christian author by the name of John Ortberg, and he said the following, Biblically, waiting is not just something we have to do until we get what we want. Waiting is part of the process of becoming 
what God wants us to be. So there's a purpose in waiting. There's a purpose in why God is delaying answers in your life sometimes. So for the next few moments, I, I want to go over three things of what waiting helps us with. Because you might be here today, and you might be waiting on God's prayer answered in your life, and it hasn't happened yet. And I, I want to talk to you about these things. And the first thing I want to mention is waiting reminds us that God is in control. Amen. Look at someone and tell them, God is in control. God is in control. Which means that you're not. You're not. Can you say that? I'm not in control. Oh boy, I just shook somebody's foundation right there. I know I did because we think we're in control. We're not in control. God is in control of all things. He gives life and he takes life. He gives us mercy. He shows us compassion. He also shows us his righteous anger and his judgment upon us. Amen? So the, the, the first thing is, that my question for you today is, do you think that God is surprised at your situation of waiting? Of course not. That would be silly to think that God is surprised. God puts you in that situation. And the other thing, too, is sometimes because of our actions, we have to face consequences that make us wait for a breakthrough, for an answer in our life. Amen? And that's really most of us. We have to go through consequences and go through trials before we're ready to meet the answer that God has for us. To get good at waiting, let me share some things with you. We first need to acknowledge that God is sovereign. You may be asking, what does sovereign mean, Pastor Rick? Sovereign means that he is the source of all power, all authority, all knowing, and everything that exists. He's sovereign. He's in control of everything. He's in control of those that came here today. He's in control of those that didn't show up today. He's still in control of them. He's in control of your job tomorrow that you're going to go to. He's in control of all the things you face today, good and bad. He allows certain things to happen. Amen? So again, if this is true, then nothing we are presently experiencing is a surprise to Almighty God. Nothing you have experienced is a surprise to Almighty God. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. There's two verses I want to read to you, and this is out of the New Living Translation version. And it says this, Accept the way God does things. Let me just stop there. That's tough for a lot of people to just accept the way God does things because if, if it was left up to us, oftentimes we would do things differently. We would want to do this. We would want to do B before we did A. We would want to do D before we did A. But God knows all things. He is all powerful. He is sovereign. It goes on to say, For who can straighten what he has made crooked? Enjoy prosperity while you can. But when hard times strike, realize that both come from God. Remember that nothing is certain in this life. Nothing is certain in this life. And that's a fact, and you can check that box right there. How many know that nothing is certain? 
There are surprises that are waiting for you this week that you are not aware of. There are surprises waiting for you next week and so on that you are not aware of. But God is in control. Can I get an amen? Even in our present situation with the Lord, we cannot straighten out what God has made crooked. Did you catch that in the scripture? Sometimes God makes things crooked for you. And you're trying to fix it and trying to walk in a, in a better path. He's made that path crooked on purpose for you so that you can learn, so that you can grow and mature in Him. And sometimes we fight against that. We fight against them and fight against them. And as much as we want to fix our situation, we are to wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord by acknowledging that He is sovereign, that He is in control of everything. Amen? Because honestly... If we tried to fix things, as you look back on your life, if you tried to fix things, and when you did try to fix things, you end up making a bigger mess of things than if you had allowed God to just take care of it the, the first time. Amen? So that's one thing that, about waiting. We have to wait on the Lord so that He can fix things the right way. Amen? God will fix things in a much better way than you and I could ever imagine. Sometimes the most difficult thing for us to do is to just wait. And, and beyond that, sometimes the most difficult thing to do is to do nothing at all. How many can relate to me? Because sometimes you want to do something. Well, i got to do something. I can't just sit back and not do anything. Sometimes God will just get your attention and say, I want you to wait and be still. Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes he wants you to just wait. And, and do nothing, and I'm going to talk about what do nothing means, but sometimes he just wants you to wait. And that is tough. But also, don't ever confuse where you're at in terms of your prayers not being answered with where you're going. Just because you're there right now doesn't mean that was where God intended for you to go. You still got a destination to get to, amen? So don't ever confuse where you're at with where you're going. And by waiting, God can answer your prayers far beyond what you could think or imagine. And you will be more grateful because you waited on the Lord. Amen? So the first point again was God is in control. He's sovereign. If he created you and brought you into this world, don't you think he knows what the best plan for you is? Absolutely. Amen. Our second point is waiting leads to strength. I, I think of just anybody here ever do concrete work? Of course, there's some of you here. Raise your hands if you've ever done concrete work. There's a few of you here. As you wait on the concrete to set, it gets stronger. That first day that you pour whatever it is, whether it's a, a little uh, uh, planter box or, or whatever it might be, it's still fresh and you could just kick it in Hit it with a hammer and just crack and break. But as it sets for a day, two days, three days, it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger the longer you wait as that cures. Amen? Waiting leads to strength. Our hopeless or our helplessness, excuse me, becomes especially obvious during times of trials, calamity, during stressful times. 
And in God alone, that's the only place that we'll ever find help or, or strength during those times of trials. God provides us that strength, but we have to learn to wait on Him. Amen? Isaiah 40, 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It doesn't say everybody who waits on the Lord. It says, it says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Only those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Not those that are going about their business and trying to fix it and trying to do other things. Those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. How many need strength here today? You need spiritual strength. You need strength, strength to just keep going sometimes. Sometimes you just need strength on a Monday morning to just get up and, and do that job all over again. Sometimes you need strength to just endure at the house with all the things that are going on even outside of your workplace. God provides that strength as you wait on him. So you see, when we wait, we receive the right strength to be able to make the right choices, to be able to face the current challenges that God has placed in our path. Have you figured this out yet, believer in Christ, that God will put obstacles in your path to challenge you? You see, if he just laid out a rose petal path for you, you'd never grow as a believer. If every challenge that you ever faced was taken care of for you, if you never faced adversity, you wouldn't grow tough. You wouldn't grow, you wouldn't mature. You'd be a little impy, wimpy believer. And God doesn't want wimpy believers. He wants strong believers. That's why he challenges you. That's why you will go through health struggles. You will go through emotional struggles, relational struggles. All those things are meant to help you, to grow you, to encourage you to wait on him. Amen? As we wait on God, it's the perfect time to get in prayer with him. More than ever. Are you waiting for God to answer you in any situation in your life? It's the perfect time to get in your prayer closet and pray to him. Pray for that. It's, it's, uh, it's the perfect time to spend with God. It's the perfect time to spend reading the Word of God. I always want to encourage you here at the beginning of the year to read the Bible through from January to December, and you'll have read the Bible in one year. How many are still doing that? I, I did my Bible reading this morning, and I mean, I do it every year, and it just speaks to me every single time I read the same chapters, the same verses I've read before. But it speaks to me, and it speaks to you. And this is the perfect thing to be doing while you're waiting on the Lord. Read the Word of God. Allow it to speak to you as you pray to God during times of waiting. You see, when you're waiting on Him, it means that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. You're saying, Lord, not my will. Let your will be done is what you're really saying to the Lord. So waiting leads to strength. Everybody say that with me. Waiting leads to strength. I really feel that some of you need strength, need it in your bones, need it in your physical body, need it emotionally to pick you up and encourage you. And the final point I have today is waiting reminds us to remove fear and worry. Oh boy, talk about a real hot button there. There's a lot of worry there's a lot of fear in our generation there's a lot of emotional 
um, sicknesses going on in our, in our young people. There's so much of that in our world today, just not just young people, but mature people, older, elderly people. And this is because of fear. Fear in your situation, possibly. Fear as we get older. What's going to happen? Who's going to take care of me as we get older? Um, what's going to happen? Am I going to have enough money to last the rest of my life? You, you know, all those things. What can I do? Is Social Security still going to be around in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? All the things that you may think of or process. Fear can be also a helpful response to dangerous situations, but it can be mainly something that overwhelms us, something that can control us, and something that can cause us to take our eyes off of Jesus Christ. That's what fear does. Fear envelops you when you have taken your eyes off of the Lord. Amen. See, no matter our situation, Scripture shows us that part of waiting on God involves avoiding being controlled by fear and worry. You have my permission, if you're next to your significant others, tap them with the elbow if they're the worry wart. You can tap them in the elbow. Tap them in the elbow if they're the worry wart. Because there's usually one that's a worry wart, the other one not worried at all. But that's, that's our human nature. We, tend, we can tend to worry about things, and, and in hindsight, if you look back at all the things that you worried about, 99% of them never happened. All the negative things you thought could go wrong never, ever happened. So worrying, all it does is give you gray hair or help you cause to have your hair go away, lose your hair, uh, is what I've seen. God wants us to not be controlled by fear and worry, and waiting on the Lord properly by praying, by seeking Him, removes that fear. Because fear is caused by you wanting to fix the situation, by you wanting to take care of it. When God is saying, no, leave it alone. I want you to be still. I want you to wait on me. Wait on the answer that I'm going to provide you. You see, Psalms chapter 56 Verses 3 and 4 say this, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Nobody can hurt you. Nobody can harm you when God is in control. God has his hand upon you and you are his anointed and nothing can touch you. Amen? God protects you. You see, that's what you are as believers. You're protected of God. You're, you're blessed by God. But it means waiting on him sometimes. It means losing that fear, tossing that fear and worry and anxiousness and say, Lord, I trust you. I trust you for this situation. I trust you to heal my, my left shoulder. I trust you to heal my broken, my bad back, my diabetes, whatever it is that's causing you to be in fear. Amen? Here's another scripture that, that shows us a proper view of God in our lives. In Psalm chapter 46, verses 1 through 3, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give away and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, surging, 
You see, you're not to fear over circumstances that you see with your eyes, what we see in an everyday basis. Every one of us, if we read the news today, if we open a newspaper, look in our, our computer and read the news, you should be quaking in your boots and, and just call it, call it a day and, and, and uh, say, Lord, come and take me right now, if you believe what you see with your eyes. But God is greater than that, amen? God is greater than your situation and in the situation that's going on in this world. And he wants to remind you of that today, to quit looking at your situation and put your eyes back on him. Amen. See, the Lord wants you to trust him today, 100%, not 90%, not some of it, not partially, but he wants you to trust him 100%. Jesus is, is telling us to avoid worrying about our lives, about our situation that we're in, about the prayer that's not answered yet, because each of you have a heavenly Father that is going to take care of you. Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 26, the last, ver last scripture that I have for you, in chapter 6 of Matthew, verses 25 through 27, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Amen. Jesus here reminding us, Worrying is never going to get you anywhere. But waiting on God is what he wants you to do. You see, as we wait, we need to remember that God is God and we are not. God is God and we are not God. Amen? As I close um, here this afternoon, and we've got a potluck to attend to, so I know some of you are getting hungry. As, as I close this, this afternoon, many of you know, this past Monday morning, my father-in-law, Martin Nagiri Sr., passed away early in the morning. He had been in declining health for quite some time. He had been diagnosed with bone cancer, uh, uh, dementia, even showing signs of Parkinson's, and lost a lot of weight recently. And... You know, he, he had been expecting things to get better for him. And we had been expecting things would get better. And we were waiting on certain situations, certain answers for, to certain situations to get better. And that he would be home one day. But God had other plans. Amen. As we wait on God, sometimes God has other plans. Our loving Father in heaven saw the waiting the family was doing, my father-in-law was doing, and decided what was best for my father-in-law. Aren't you thankful that our God knows what's best for us? You see, now today, because he called him home to eternity, and I'll speak on this during the funeral, but he's now re reunited with his wife, Elizabeth, my mother-in-law. He's reunited now with a loving father in heaven who he gave his life to and lived his life towards 
And see, in your present situation here today, you may not like the choice or where you're at as you wait. You may, not, you may be complaining about certain things in your life. Why, God? Why this? Why that? Why did you allow this to happen? I never thought I'd be in this situation, Lord. How come you haven't answered this prayer? I've been asking you and asking you and asking you. And your desire may be to get out of the situation you're in. But just like all of us here, we have to learn to wait on God. We have to learn to wait for His answers for our life. Your situation is unique to everybody else. Nobody here has an identical situation. They're all different. And God answers differently with every one of you. You see, the absolute best choices for our lives happen when we wait on God. How many agree with me that when you wait on God, God, who is sovereign, will answer the right way? Stand with me this afternoon as we close today. How many here today, just, just honestly, if you're waiting on something right now, a, a, pr a prayer request, a decision to be made, something that's impacting you, just raise your hand right now. If that's you, raise your hand today. You're waiting on something, maybe a test result from a doctor. It could be something. Keep those hands up. Let the Lord see them right now. Father God, we come before you right now. And you see the hands raised of your sons and daughters. They're waiting on you. They're choosing to wait on you, Lord. First of all, I pray for strength. I pray that your strength would fill them, each hand raised here today, that you would empower them with a supernatural presence of God. Lord, that you would remind them that you love them, that you are there to answer their every prayer, every request, as they wait on you, Lord, as they trust you, Lord. Fill them with your strength today, Father. Fill them with your presence today, Father. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, we also, with each hand still raised, we are reminded that you are in control. God, you are sovereign. You are aware of every situation in this room, every hand raised. You've not left them alone. In fact, you're walking right now side by side with them, reminding them that you are in control. And we give you thanks for that. And Lord, the final thing is, Lord, remove fear and worry from every mind today. We cast it out in the name of Jesus. It must go in the name of Jesus. We take authority over that, over every person here today who may have expressed fear and worry over something in their life. We cast it out in Jesus' name. And we pray, Father, God, that your presence would remove that as we wait on you, as we focus on you and keep our eyes on you, Jesus. May we be reminded that you are in control of every area of, your li of our lives, Lord. Lord, we love you. We give you praise. We give you praise.